Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thank you. We're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. All right, we've reached the final week of our Carol series. And just as a reminder, if you're local, uh, we're having a candlelight communion service on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you come join us that morning if you've, you know, after they've gotten the kids up and unwrap the gifts and uh, do all of that stuff as we worship and honor Jesus together on this special day. It's, it's not going to be carried online, okay? This is an in-person only uh, service that we have. And then the following Sunday, Day. Uh, we're going to get a head start on our 21 days of prayer for the year. It's going to begin on January 2nd. That's a Monday. But for New Year's Day, we're going to have a drop-in prayer service from 10 to 10.30 a.m. So we want you to come on in, pray, take communion with your family if you would like to do that, and just prepare your hearts for this new year and all that God has in st- uh, store. So a little bit out of the ordinary for us. It's what we typically would do with Christmas Day and New Year's Day falling on Sundays. But we'll be back in the usual flow of things on January 8th, okay? So, but there's no online teachings in Christmas or on New Year's Day. Just as quick reminders, all right? So we're uh, we're in in the series so far. We've covered carols, uh, O Holy Night, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. There we go. As we unpacked O Holy Night, we learned a, a new day with Christ brings us exactly what we need, with the hope to keep going in a weary world, and the help that we're seeking in the midst of just all the things life throws our way. And then last time we dove into Hark the Herald Angels Sing, where the takeaway is focused on what Christ offers us. And he offers you acceptance and access to salvation and transformation and significance, right? Like you have a part to play in the story that God is writing. Our last carol is similar to our first one in that the poet was, was gifted, he was talented, but he's not exactly someone we would call a, a Christian. So Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was what we call a Unitarian Universalist somebody who believes in God, yes, but believes salvation of all humanity is accepted regardless of whether Christ is your Savior or not. That's another teaching for another time, but it's not compatible with what Christ himself teaches. Longfellow is known for poems like the Song of Hiawatha, Evangeline, The Courtship of Miles Standish, if you read that in school, uh, just among many others, okay? But what led him to write, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Well, it wasn't good vibes, that's for sure. Tragedy actually led him to the poem, and it actually all starts in 1861. So Longfellow's wife was trimming her daughter's hair and decided to do what a lot of moms do at the time with their little girls. She thought she'd keep some of those pretty curls that she was cutting off. And so she placed some curls in an envelope and as she was melting a bar of sealing wax, a few drops fell on her dress and they they caught fire. And so Longfellow was napping and he hears the commotion and and he ran to his wife and he tried to put the fire out with blankets. Then he uses his own body all to no avail. His wife died the next day. Longfellow himself suffered from severe scars and uh, they were so bad he began to grow the iconic beard you see in all the pictures today. It covers those scars. He wrote in his journal that December, how inexpressibly sad are the holidays. 
You know, a lot of people feel that way this time of year. Maybe it's the first Christmas with an empty chair on the table. You know, it's hard to find great joy when you're missing people that you love. A pastor friend of mine in the low country lost his three-year-old little boy just a month ago. Like, where's the joy with that loss? The holidays, Christmas in particular, does not carry the same joy when pain seems to be so real. And so Longfellow wrote again in 1862, a Merry Christmas, say the children, but that's no more for me. And as if it couldn't get any worse, his oldest son, Charlie, at the age of 18, he snuck out of his Massachusetts home to enlist in the Union Army the following year. He was severely injured in December of 1863 in battle, and he was left paralyzed. So Longfellow went down to Washington, D.C., picked up his son, brought him back home to Massachusetts. And, and, and here's his widowed father, his widowed father of six. His oldest son is paralyzed in the bed next to him, and he's reflecting on everything in life, the current state of his country with civil war and injustice and hatred and tragedy, the, 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 the pain of his own story. And he hears the Christmas bells ringing and sounds of people singing. And he wonders, like, how can there be peace on earth? And I want to draw your attention to the stands in the poem today as we unpack this last Christmas carol. Longfellow writes, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I mentioned earlier how, for many, this, this will be the first Christmas with empty chairs, you know, tragedy struck at home. But then what about all, like, you know, the wars and the conflicts, people being displaced around the globe, the energy crisis heating up, polarization among Americans divided across every line imaginable. It doesn't feel very peaceful, does it? And then there's the everyday run-of-the-mill routines that just don't bring peace, just anxiety and intention. And you think for Christians, if they know Christ, there should be peace. But our divorce rates are about as high as folks who aren't believers, right? There's no peace there. Financially, many people, they make more money today than ever before, but the inflation that's happening all around is causing those dollars not to go very far, right? There's no peace financially with your money. Parents are trying to raise their kids to know and serve the Lord with values they hold dear, but they're under constant scrutiny with society pressuring ideology. It's not compatible with their values. In some states, these parents have had their own kids taken away from them. Like, you know, right is called wrong. Wrong is called right. It is not not what I would say, you know, peaceful right now. Sometimes, man, these are the moments which elicit our deepest thoughts and we just start wondering, okay, like there is hate, there is malice, there is injustice. Hey God, where are you at in all of this? I want to take you to the Old Testament for a moment today, to a time where the kingdom of Judah is facing a lot of instability. They've not have one, but they've got two enemies marching out against them. Israel and Syria have joined forces to destroy Judah and Jerusalem. And so King Ahaz is struggling to put his trust in God to deliver Judah when it seems like all hope might be lost. What does God do? He sends Isaiah, a prophet, to deliver a message of hope and provision. And it starts in chapter 7. But when you get to Isaiah chapter 9, you find the message shifts from Judah's deliverance to the future. And Isaiah has this to say about a coming king whom we now know as Jesus. 
Isaiah 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Keep that title in mind, okay? We're going to come back to that. His government's in its peace, so he's not only an agent of peace, he's establishing peace here. It's never going to end. He'll rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make it happen. Now, Christ is given a lot of names, and one of them is the Prince of Peace. In Hebrew, it's the word Sar Shalom. Now, Sar is one who is in charge. It means captain, lord, chief, the general. Romans, uh, the Romans took this word, and it became Tsar. Then it became Caesar, right, as in Caesar, as in Julius Caesar. And it denotes a person who is in charge. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. But peace here goes further than our English understanding of what peace is. Peace in Hebrew refers to completeness, wholeness, God's intended state of being for creation. So Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He's the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Peace. He doesn't just bring peace, man. He is peace. And some of you today, you don't feel peace in your life. Not just a Christmas thing. You feel that way all the time. Others of you, you know and love and care about folks who, who don't feel peace. And, and, and you feel that stanza we just read today from the poem. I mean, that describes you or your friends or family. How can there be peace with so much brokenness and tragedy and pain and stress? Well, let me share with you today some hope from the Prince of Peace. You don't have to bow your head in despair because Christ can bring you peace. He can bring you peace that calms the storm. Jesus is in a boat heading out across the Sea of Galilee, and there's a storm that rages up, and man, his disciples are freaking out. If you've ever been caught on the open water in the middle of a strong storm, you know how scary that can be, right? And so Mark records Christ standing up, and Jesus says this. He says, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And look at what Mark says. There's great calm. Storms come and go. Some are Category 5 monsters. Others are like rainbow showers. But make no mistake, we're going to face numerous storms in our lives that will test us, that will try to drown us in a sea of anxiety and pain and despair. But when life gets crazy and chaotic and you've got storms, you know, the medical diagnosis you were dreading, the actions of your kids bringing harm to themselves and disappointment to you, the job you've had for 20 years gives you the pink slip before Christmas. Like Christ can bring peace. What does Mark say happened after Christ brought peace? Well, there was great calm. And it really goes hand in hand with another New Testament passage written by a man named Paul to the Philippians. Look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. I love that. Don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. And you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Many times we struggle to know God's peace because we fail to give our anxieties over to Him. Those storms are powerful at times. You know, they're tough. And we're trying to get through it on our own. But the more we try to do it by ourselves, the deeper into despair we seem to go. So instead, give it over to God. Hey, you know, pray this. Lord, you know that I need your peace. I can't get through it on my own. I don't want to be enslaved to worry and anxiety. I don't want these storms to dictate my life. Like, God, you take it. And then Paul says this. Man, as you hand it over to God, 
tell him what you need. Just ask him. Ask him to come through for you. Ask him to provide. Ask him to deliver. Ask him to heal. And then thank him for what he's done. You know what that means, by the way, to thank God for what he's done after you already asked for something? It means I'm going to thank God for hearing my prayer. I'm going to thank God for acting on those prayers. Even though I haven't seen him move yet, I'm giving God praise. I'm giving God the, the glory. Even though I haven't experienced peace yet, I trust him. I'm giving him all the glory and honor and power belongs to him. I'm thanking him for hearing and answering the prayers in his own time and I know his own time is the right time that's important and then that peace which brings a great calm it surpasses understanding man that comes over you and I I, I don't really know how to explain this to you I promise it's not a cop-out I just I don't know how to put it into words when God's peace comes over your life other than let you know or is a, a strong sense that he's got this like he's in control it's going to be okay. So Christ brings peace to common storms, but he also brings peace to saves. Jesus is the peace who brings salvation and transformation, which, by the way, that's been a big theme in this series. You know why? Because when you encounter Jesus, you're never the same. When you encounter the peace that God brings, it changes you, man. It does something to you. Look at Romans 5 for a moment. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, Notice we're not saved by good works, good efforts, but by our faith. We have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. We have peace with God, not because we deserve it, not because we worked for it, but because Jesus is Sar Shalom, right? He's our peace, the Lord of the peace. Maybe you're saying, okay, pastor, I get it. Okay, fine, great, but I just don't feel at peace with God. Well, why do you think that could be? Could it be that the one who can give us peace also can remove that peace from us? He is in charge after all. He's the Sar Shalom. Sometimes God removes his peace to grab our attention and to draw us closer to himself. You know, all of us at some point or another, we, we found ourselves living outside the peace that Christ can bring, right? Like, he, you know, just ever stolen anything? I'm sure you have, yeah. How, did you feel guilty? Yes. Uh, have you looked lustfully at somebody else? How'd you feel? Yeah, you felt, you felt guilty. If God judged you based on the Ten Commandments alone, would he find you innocent or guilty? Yeah, guilty, right? Guilty, guilty, guilty. None of us are innocent. And that's why Christmas is so important. God sent his son, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born to a virgin named Mary. Why? Because we're all sinners. People are not born inherently good. They're born inherently sinful. No one's got to teach you how to sin. I never had to teach my kids and say, hey, you know what? Sit down, Tommy, today. We're going to learn how to do the wrong thing, okay? Nah, you can be bad all by yourself. <laughs> Jesus came born of a virgin, conceived by the power of God's Spirit. So he was born without sin. He could be the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of all of humanity. He was born to die for you and for me. And then three days later, he would be raised to life again. And that's why he says in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace. Of what? Of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world can't give. That's important. So don't be afraid or troubled. He's not our, you know, it's not our peace to give. It's God's peace. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow did not experience peace for a long time, but now he's by the bedside of his oldest son, 
who's just become paralyzed after being injured in the Civil War. He hears the Christmas bells. He hears the singing. And then he writes again, in despair, I bow my head. There's no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong. and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But something else happens in that moment. So as the singing continues and the bells ring louder, he's reminded in that moment of who God is and of the peace that God brings. And look at what he writes next. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. That makes you shout a little bit, doesn't it? Like, God isn't dead. He didn't take days off. The world can be full of instability and chaos, and right seems to be labeled as wrong, and, you know, wrong is right. I, I get all that. But Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, look at this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace. Outside of Jesus, we have no peace. We have no promises. We have no forgiveness. We have no hope. But with Him, man, we have a peace that surpasses understanding. A peace that calms the storms we face. A peace that saves and brings us into God's kingdom. This Christmas, man, I'm telling you, you can have a peace that your heart has been searching for. God's not dead. He doesn't sleep. <laughs> The wrong will fail. The right prevail. Why? Because Jesus is our peace. God, I pray for you here today. God, we love you. Thank you for those who are watching and listening right now. Lord, for those who are saying, Pastor, I, I don't feel peace today. It's been a rough year. I, I've, I've been struggling with some stuff. I just don't feel that peace. I pray, Lord, maybe they know you. They're already believers. And I pray, God, if that's them, that you just wrap their arms, uh, your arms around them. God, hold them close today. God, may they feel that love and grace and mercy that you have for them. Remind them, Lord, you are the Sar Shalom, the Lord of the peace. You're in charge of the peace. Grant them peace, I pray. Enough peace, more than enough peace. Lord, I pray that they would thank you for what you've done for their lives, for hearing their prayers, for the things you've provided and delivered them from, for the healings, all those types of things. And as you're, they're thanking you, God, that peace would just surpass understanding. If it's the first Christmas without a loved one, you got empty chairs around the tables. Lord, I, I, I know that can be heartbreaking. You're missing a part of yourself. But even still, there is peace today. And I pray, Lord, there'd be peace and comfort your spirit brings to those who have empty chairs this holiday season. For those who are struggling, God, with, with peace in their lives, may they have that realization today that you are our peace. You can calm the storms, the anxiety, uh, God, the, the depression, Lord, the worry. Uh, you can take all that away, and instead you can give peace. Now, God, for those who say, Pastor, I just... I don't know peace because I don't know Jesus. Well, I pray for them today. In fact, if that's you, you say, you would say that I don't know Christ today, which is why I don't have peace. But I want that peace that saves. Now I want you to repeat after me, super easy prayer, just like this. Lord, I'm sorry for the sin that I've done. 
Forgive me, God. I, I pray for the, the wrongs I've committed. I've done things I'm not proud of. They're against your standards. So today I pray that you to forgive me. Wash my heart. Clean me, Lord. Make me brand new today. Be the Savior of my life. And I don't want to call the shots anymore. I don't want to lead myself anymore. I've done that. I know where it ends up. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you to help me, God. I need you to help me grow. I need you to help me, God, thrive. I need, I need to become the person you call me to be. And so I'm going to follow and serve you. So, Lord, I'm asking you be Lord of my life today. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I'll serve you and follow you and be yours from this day going forward, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm all in for you. And God, I thank you for those who have said that prayer today. Thank you for welcoming them into your kingdom. Give them peace and assurance as well, Lord. We thank you that Jesus came, born to die, so we could set us free from sin and from darkness. Thank you for giving us that greatest gift, that brings peace in every situation to our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.